So the first thing that you do see, it's something that it's not just when people land on your profile, that follows you around when you like something, when you comment on someone's post or when you're engaging in a a LinkedIn group. So for that to, for you to stand out in your industry or business, my recommendation is adding your why or your Mm. point of difference in your career or business, because you've just got to think, Hannah, there are so many people that probably share the same job title as you. There's going to be lots of HR consultants out there, lots of project managers out there. So you just need to think, what is, what am I doing in my career that is different? You want a career that plays to your strengths and is mindful of your energy and social battery. You dare to dream big, but you also love a quiet dinner on the couch in a big comfy shirt. If this is you, then welcome to the Awfully Quiet Podcast. My name is Hannah. I'm a corporate go-getter in the body of a quiet sound-seeking introvert. I build iconic brands for a living and run a business that is dedicated to get more introverts a seat at the table and in positions they thrive in. Think of this as a weekly heart-to-heart with your workplace confidant, someone who recognizes your massive potential and nudges you in the right direction with strategic finesse and a killer guest lineup. Find your favorite quiet spot and get ready to go places. This is the Awfully Quiet Podcast. Well, it's been a week, Subtle Squad. I have been out and about traveling for work. I've been all the places. I've had all the dinners, <laughs> talked to many, many people, connected. Um, I felt like all week was sort of like in an, in an extrovert-friendly space. Um, very little time for myself. Like I said, lots of different places, staying at hotels, connecting, meeting with the team. And I gotta say, it always feels really really good to be able to have that time and to be able to connect face to face I rarely get to do that because I work in a quite remote setting but at the end of the day it always takes a lot of energy out of you I says out of me if I'm honest now what I got to do when I came back today is I got to record a podcast episode with a guest I've been wanting to have on for a while and at the end of the day that made me really excited so who am I talking about? I got to sit down with Abby Naylor on the podcast today. She's a personal brand coach and in my view, a total LinkedIn whiz. <laughs> Honestly, LinkedIn does always feel kind of cringy to me. And I know a lot of you feel the same. You know, the templated vulnerability stories, the comments for comment sake, the cold DMs. Oh, oh. But Evie talks about it in a way that feels genuinely exciting and opens up so many opportunities for career growth. We talk through how to build connection on the platform and put yourself out there in a way that highlights your expertise, but doesn't make you come across as awkward or salesy. For anyone who struggles with where to start, Evie takes you through it step-by-step with easily applicable routines that kind of build the muscle of tapping into your inner knowing, introspection, and figuring out what it is that you want to be known for. 
I kind of feel like I want to redo my LinkedIn profile now. <laughs> and I'm sure you'll be just as hooked up to this. So without further ado, let's jump into the interview. All right. Well, Abby, thank you so much for joining me today and welcome to the Awfully Quiet podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Hannah. I'm so excited to chat everything about LinkedIn. I've been waiting for this conversation for a long time. You know that I really need it. Where I want to start is I hear you talk about being really, I, I, I saw somewhere that you talked about being a sucker for an unconventional career. And I really want to understand from you what that means for you and whether you had an unconventional career and what that looked like. Yes. So I am a, I love hearing, one thing I, I love hearing people's career stories, especially when they've kind of taken that non-traditional path. I think it's just because I, res, I resonate with that uh, because when I, when I first left school, I thought I had it all figured out. I was like, yes, I'm going to be a primary school teacher. Mm. That's all I ever wanted to do when I did my HSE, which is what you have to do to get into university here in Australia. I did all the subject to get me into teaching. I was, and yeah, I so excited. I studied that. I went to university, studied that for 12 months. I did that. I went on uh, my first prac and I did not like the experience at all. It was just not exactly what I kind of wanted to do. And then, yeah, just up yeah, I ever since primary school, I want, that's what I wanted to do. So when that threw a spinner in the works and I was just like, all my other girlfriends are at university and here am I, I'm feeling a little bit lost in my career. What do I do now considering this is like my plan? And so what happened is then I moved to Newcastle and then what happened, because I'm actually originally from a small country town and what there was a lot more career opportunities in a place like this. So when I, yeah, when I moved here, I kind of went back to uni and then I studied nutrition for a little bit. And I think that was more of a, more of a passion of mine more than a career, yeah, a career endeavor. So I did my toes in that for a little bit. And then I was like, no, this isn't it either. And I just, I put a lot of pressure on myself in my early twenties. And I was like, you have to have it figured out. Abby. Like you need to go to university, you need to get a degree. That's what schools told you to do to be successful. Like you need, this is what you need to do. So yeah, in my early twenties, I, I put a lot of pressure on myself with that. And then when I was, when I was working, I was working in a hospitality establishment at the time. And one of my favorite, um, uh, favorite customers that used to come in, I didn't realize that he worked, he had a, his own recruitment agency. So I just went to him one day and yeah, I just said I was kind of feeling a little bit lost. I'm just working here just to like pay my rent and kind of just like figure out what my next move is. Is this like, Abby, I work for a recruitment agency, come chat to me kind of thing. And I was like, it's like this, I was like on this treadmill and like all of a sudden this like this whole, this door just opened for me. Anyway, and it just started from that conversation. And then I, I always had the feeling that I, I'm very ambitious. I always have been. And I always had that fire in my belly feeling. I was like, I'm meant for something. Like I'm meant for something different here. Anyway, so I've kind of taken every opportunity as a stepping stone. I'm like, okay, this might not be, this might not be the end goal, but it's getting me closer to where I need to go. So what happened is I finished work that day and I went over to have a chat with him. The next day I started at an international um, company just in like a HR 
administration role. So what that did is it got my foot in the door of an international mm-hmm. company and I got to learn the uh, way a business runs. So at the time, and I didn't even know what HR was. <laughs> they just saw the potential in me. They knew that I, you know what I mean, I had a great work ethic and I was willing to learn. So, yeah, at this time, I, I deferred uni at this, at this point. I was like, there's no point kind of just picking and choosing something just to do it for the sake of it. I just didn't want to fall into that. So, yeah, then I started at this company and I, I was in HR and recruitment there for a little bit. Um, and then I was like, this isn't, this isn't the end goal. Like there's, there's something in it. Like I loved the career component of it. Like I loved working with people to help them find, um, a career that a job that really aligned to their values and, you know what I mean? Um, added value to their livelihood. Like I loved that component of it and just kind of hearing about people's career stories. So I was like, okay, I just kept going with it. And then I, started um, my business degree. So I started um, studying that part-time as I was working um, full-time at this, at my career. And then I ended up, I was like, there's, I'm very, like, I'm quite creative to my core kind of thing. So I was like, there's, okay, so how can I kind of mix, mix the two? Like, I was like, what's, what's a creative degree? Um, what's a creative career kind of thing. And then it kind of just, I ended up working working alongside the marketing team to help them with their social media. So I helped with their social media because we didn't have a social media presence um, and also a referral program for um, the, yeah, for some of the, some of the workers. And I was like, okay, you know what I mean? And then I was like, just started to, okay, this is feeling a little bit more aligned. So I kind of went with that. And then I left that job um, after just under two years and then I just took off a few, I had a few months off just to kind of figure out what my next move was. And then I landed in a role that was made for me. It was, the role was, it just started with a a conversation. So what happened is I applied for a marketing manager position with no experience. (laughs) I had experience, obviously I had a, I feel like as a millennial, you kind of grow up with social media in your hands kind of thing. So I always had a love for social media and expressing myself on Instagram in creative ways. So that was my great outlet. And anyways, I applied for this marketing management position at my previous corporate um, role. And they're like, look, Abby, you don't have the experience for this role, but there is a role for you. So even though I put myself out there and I, it just opened up um, that opportunity for me to kind of get my name out there. So then yeah, I started at that um, role and I was there for three and a half years and I built that from the ground up. Um, I ended up studying part-time as I was building my career um, in a full-time um, capacity. And yeah, even though my my boss was more like, I didn't have a marketing leader, so I didn't have head of marketing or a marketing manager or anything like that. Um, I had a very, super, a very intelligent boss, but she was more uh, operations and finance mm. based. So she kind of, I taught, I was taught a lot about like email adequate um, communication, the ins and outs of business and stuff like that. But for the marketing and the mindset component, I studied part-time and then I got my own mentors. So I kind mm. of just, yeah, I, so I feel like, and then obviously like I finished university and then I just, when I worked for that, um, when I worked for my previous um, corporate gig, that's what kind of ignited the next stepping stone for me. So it was when I got the idea of Bold Mood and to help people 
in their careers, but use my love for social media and helping people in their careers. And I've kind of just um, merged those two careers together. Uh, so, yeah, so it, I didn't follow that traditional path where I was like, okay, finish school, go to university, um, you know what I mean, and kind of like do something for the rest go, of your life. Yeah, do something for the rest of your life. Like I've always kind of just, yeah, I've just kind of taken yeah, gone with each stepping stone and I'm like, okay, what can I, what value is this adding to my next step kind of thing? So, yeah, so that was a bit of a long-winded answer, but I <laughs> I love that. I, yeah. I'm i a sucker for an unconventional career too. And yeah, there are so many things in there that I want to react to. But firstly, I didn't realize that we had so much in common. Like I started in HR, in Did recruiting. You? And then at a personnel agency too, and then went over into HR for a CPG organization and ended up working in marketing. So oh. yeah, I also understand how you kind of step into that and kind of how you let yourself go, but based on what made sense at the time. And I feel like what you've done is you, you went in eyes wide open to opportunities that may arise. And I feel like there's a lot in there about just kind of random connections with people yeah. and finding opportunities and being open for opportunities. Oh, well, that's lovely. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's just about, you never know where a conversation is going to lead you. And it's, for example, like when I was working at the cafe and I was, I had that, I didn't realize that my favorite customer there was in, you know what I mean, in recruitment. And then that just opened up the gate for me kind of thing. So yeah, it's it's just incredible. And that even goes from being offline and online, like even starting the con like having a conversation, reaching out to someone on LinkedIn, like you just never know where that's going to lead you. Yeah, we're gonna get into that. Now yes. you mentioned <laughs> you mentioned Bold Mood. That that's your company that you run today. Yes. And I love the name. I love something that's bold. What I often struggle with, and I know my audience struggles with, because I've asked them prior to this interview, what their questions were with regards to LinkedIn. And a lot of what I got back was, how do I muster up the courage and how do I show up on LinkedIn in a bold way or in a, in a way that feels confident, but still natural yeah. to who you are. And you know that my audience is rather introverted, more on the quiet side. So I want to hear from you how you translate being bold into showing up on LinkedIn? Do you have to be super, super confident and, you know, communicative, extroverted to do it? Or do you think that LinkedIn could also be a great tool for introverts? LinkedIn is made for introverts. I feel like it's just a platform. What my goal is to educate clients and my yeah my community on is LinkedIn is a platform that is it's just such an invaluable tool for your career for networking and your yeah your development personally and professionally and it's a platform where you are in control of it so where you're wanting you like to be authentic so it's just I know that word kind of gets thrown around a lot but it's who you want to show up as it's because it, you kind of can get in when you are consuming so much content online and you're seeing everyone that's so confident and has it all figured out, and like how do they come up with all this content and they're promoting themselves constantly? And you're just like, how can I be like that? 
but it's a lot of people think that personal branding is self-promotion where it's about adding value to your audience. So my advice would be for introverts that really want to kind of show up online, but they just feel like, what's the word? Awkward. I would say, I would say it feels awkward, kind of icky, kind of like, you know, when you're putting yourself out there for the first time, and this is my reflection, and you may have had some of the same um, thoughts and emotions when you first put yourself out there with your business, right? Yes. You have probably been on LinkedIn from like a business perspective, like and with your corporate yeah. jobs. And that's the profile that you have. And all of a sudden you show up as somebody who has a business, right? And there is all sorts of kind of feelings in terms of like, well, what are people are going to think about me? You know, if I talk more about myself and, and promoting myself and promoting my business, what are they going to think? So that's something that happens to me yeah. quite often. Even when I started building my personal brand on LinkedIn three and a half years ago, you're in a position where you're sharing your own opinions. Like it might be, you might have read an article or you might have listened to a podcast that you are vulnerably putting yourself out there. There's a billion people on LinkedIn. I mean, so you're not just, yeah, speaking to a small community. Like you can reach, yeah, a whole whole global um, audience out there. So push past the cringe is my (laughs) is my advice trust me there has been times where I've kind of posted or even left a comment and I'm like you've just got to push past it because at the end of the day you don't feel the pressure to conform to a certain persona that you think you have to with LinkedIn like you might follow someone where you're like oh they have it all figured out like they how do they come across really confident but it's what you want to be known as so if you're really clear on who you want to show up with online you're sharing your expertise and your skills and just like showing up as who you are and LinkedIn is that incredible platform where introverts can thrive so introverts correct me if I'm wrong but they really thrive with written communication Mm, true yeah yeah so it's a platform where you can share your value without really having to, you know what I mean? You obviously can use photos and and videos, but you can analyze articles and share your own opinion with that. You can, a podcast you've been listening to, what's your opinion about that? It's just about creating that thought leadership content that's really going to add value to your target audience. So it really comes down to what you want to get out of the platform. Is it to get a promotion at your current role? Is it to build side gig? Is it just to build your personal brand on the side when you are working in a corporate gig? So when you do kind of leave that leave that role, you're really favorable and you're getting noticed by employers and, and recruiters. I love the element of thought leadership. And I want you to yes. talk more about what are the kind of things that you put out there? Where do you start? You mentioned podcasts that interest you, articles that you might have read and you know, pull something out of it and you just share a little bit about it. For somebody who rarely posts on LinkedIn and is just kind of there to consume content, where would you start? So I would start with the conversations that you're having. So mm-hmm. the conversations that you are potentially having with customers, with clients, with candidates, with your colleagues, what's happening in 
your current market at the moment. So is there something that it just depends if you are, you're quite an analytical person and you prefer to kind of read an article and make some notes on that. Or if you're having a conversation with a client, listening to what their pain points are and helping them solve it. So what the core of um, creating content here is, is solving solving an issue or solving the problem that your target audience is having. So if you're really clear on who you're talking to, then creating content in this thought leadership, this thought leadership piece will be, feel a lot more seamless to you. So if you're trying to speak to everyone, then that's when it will feel like you're just kind of treading water and you're, yeah, it's not feeling very intentional. So what I recommend is just take note of the conversations that you're having and because you never know, like if you're, you're having a conversation with someone, you never know if someone else might be having that same issue. So it's like you're wanting to turn that conversation into a thought leadership piece and help educate someone else on that. Um, and that also builds your credibility in that space. Um, another, and as I've mentioned, if you prefer to read articles or listen to podcasts, um, be really intentional with who you're following on LinkedIn. So if they're industry leaders that you are or mentors that you really look up to and you see yourself wanting to be there in the next five to 10 years, then be really intentional with who you're connecting with on LinkedIn. So mm. you never know what they're going to post or what could inspire you from their content. And you'll go, oh, actually, light bulb moment. I have something to say about that. So it's not about having this big, great idea that's so new and no one's really ever spoken about. It's about consuming the content or the conversations that you are having and putting your own spin on it. I really like that because yeah. it also helps cut through the noise and differentiate to a certain extent. I feel like yeah. what you say about look at the conversation that you're currently having and what are the kind of topics that come up time and time again. I often feel like that's not necessarily what I perceive on LinkedIn as stories what what I perceive a lot is like all the same same in terms of oh here is a vulnerable share that I manufactured in a way so that it is really really engaging and really attention grabbing yeah. on LinkedIn and then oh, something that's super super polarizing and it's it's meant to be that way to you know gain more Get reach engagement. and a lot of comments and, and engagement so it always feels like a little bit disingenuine and so yeah. if I were to think about the conversations that I have at work in my business they are a lot more raw and there are a lot more things where I don't necessarily have the answer and where if I were to share that on LinkedIn that would be a lot more authentic than just putting something out there to you know to make me look good or make me Absolutely. you know stand out in a certain way so I really like that the conversations and that I you're think having yeah, and I think it's really important. If you're, I made a post about this yesterday, and it's if, if do you know the saying, you are the five people that you hang around? Oh, yes. Or, yeah, you know that saying? Well, that same goes online as well. So mm -hmm. if you're seeing content flooding your feed that's not making you feel great, or it's not, you feel like it's just for the vanity side of mm -hmm. like the metrics, and they're just trying to get great engagement. It doesn't feel authentic to you. Make sure that you're auditing your connections and yeah. your followers. 
So I feel like being super intentional with who you're following will really help you inspire with inspire yourself with content and the way that you do show up because you might see people that are showing up quite ingenuine and they're they're showing like certain stories that you know is quite like a formula it's not authentic to them it just feels like a LinkedIn formula to kind of get their engagement it just comes down to how you want to yeah how you kind of like want to be perceived on LinkedIn and how personal you want things to be so Obviously, the point of LinkedIn is to connect with other professionals and the way that humans connect with each other is through emotion. So by sharing, not kind of just showing up daily and kind of showing, look at me, look at me, this is, look how successful I am. Like I think when people are kind of showing those vulnerability, the vulnerability, vulnerable side, sorry, of their content and their story, that kind of does, that resonates with people. So I know why people do create content like that because it does connect with people Mm -hmm. and it shows that you are human to human but there is a tasteful way to create that content that feels quite genuine and not just sharing it because you want to reach more people and engage more people like that you should be sharing that because you want to help inspire someone else on your journey (laughs) yeah I, I I really like what you say about um curating your feed on LinkedIn. And I have a feeling that you have a really positive experience on LinkedIn. So why don't you tell me a little bit about how LinkedIn makes you feel when you open it up and what are the kind of things that you really like to read? Maybe something really positive that happened to you on the platform that has just kind of like been really motivating or has helped you in your career? Absolutely. I. How long have we got? Because <laughs> I talk about this all day and I, <laughs> I, LinkedIn is, you know how you have a certain platform that just lights a, I mean, you just, it just ignites you. Like it just mm. encourages you and influences you in, in all the right ways. So I used to, when I, before I started my quarter gig, I, I'm quite a creative person. So When my boss was just at the time said, we're going to have to invest some more time in LinkedIn and kind of use it to build personal branding and and content marketing and and stuff like that. I was like, oh, LinkedIn. I was just like, absolutely not. Like I'm a creative. I belong on on Instagram. (laughs) And I remember that conversation. It was honestly like three and a half, four years ago. And it's just a conversation that replays in my mind sometimes because it's just so incredible, the growth. Um, from that conversation to now and the opportunities and what LinkedIn has actually provided me. Um, so I LinkedIn is a place for me to not just create content and kind of engage with my audience, but it's also a creative outlet for me to share my story, to share, uh, to, yeah, Jim, like share and that resonates with my audience and just really connect with people. So I I'm a connector. I'm a relationship I'm a relationship oriented person. So I really thrive on a platform that allows me to connect with people on a global level. So, and this is through like each day I wake up, I do my non-negotiable. So um, I do my exercise routine. I have my coffee and then I have an engagement strategy. So um, a, a community management strategy. So what I do is each day I dedicate about 30 minutes per day to 
um, build, build relationships on my profile. So that connecting with people already in my community mm-hmm. or that is building new connections so that they're commenting on new new posts um, from new connections or even reaching out to people that I want in my community. So that's sending personalised um, connection requests or just leaving a meaningful comment on their, um, on their post. So that's something that I do each day and I really invest in on because I want to get the most out of it and I want to make sure I'm connecting with people that are going to add to my growth. And so it just, it's me, yeah, that as a relationship-orientated person, it just it allows me to just have really incredible conversations and it's helped me create my own business. It's I've, a really public experience I've had is I've met people on there that we have never met on in real life, that we always, um, we showed up every day and we um, commented and supported each other's content. And I think you just mentioned about building that connection and starting with yeah. your own audience and the kind of, you know, the, the commenting on what really resonates with you. And you may see people comment on something that you may have shared. And that's an easy way to start rather than just kind of cold, cold reaching out to a stranger, right? So yeah, I feel like that's a really nice habit to have or a habit to almost like a muscle to build in terms of connecting to other people and building that network gradually. I highly recommend as well, if you are just starting to create, like you're wanting to show up on LinkedIn, and build your personal brand, but you are not ready to kind of share this through content straight away, I highly recommend just starting small and show up daily and just leave a comment on an industry leader or someone that you want to connect with or someone that you find inspiring or it's someone that you just want in your connection. So start small by sharing your opinion in a small form, in a smaller format. Um, and what this does is it builds your confidence, it grows your audience, and then you get to start seeing how people are showing up online. So you get to see how people are forming their own stories, how they're creating content, what ideas they're kind of they're using and the format. So there's so much benefits to just kind of like starting and and sharing your opinions by, yeah, commenting. Mm. Is that also how you would recommend people reach out to their kind of dream company or the dream organization or somebody they really want to connect with? Is it just kind of starting to engage with the content that they share rather than sending a DM right away? Do you call uh, call a DM on LinkedIn? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I'm not a cold DMer. I always like I always reach out to people and connect with them say if I'm uh, commenting on like wanting to get noticed by an industry for example my recommendation is to send them a personalized connection request um, and just like hey such and such um, I ha- like I'm looking to build my network in the- with these kind of professionals and your content really resonated with me um, it's like just something that's just opens like opens that conversation so that's one example and then another example is yeah connect with them as well as um, if they are posting content engage with them engage with people 
in the company that you want to work for. So just making these little small intentional 1% steps each day, that can compound over time. Like it might not get you the results straight away, but personal branding on LinkedIn is a long game strategy. It's mm-hmm. it's not you just want to optimize your profile and, and create a post and you're going to be noticeable out there. It's something that you have to consistently show up and, um, yeah, be really intentional with. The other thing I wanted to ask you is some of the mistakes that you see people make on LinkedIn, like what are the things that you wish people knew or what are the things that you wish people wouldn't be doing on LinkedIn? Where would you start? I would start with profile optimization. So with your headline, so the first thing that you do see, it's something that it's not just when people land on your profile that follows you around when you like something when you comment on someone's post or when you're engaging in a a LinkedIn group so for that to for you to stand out in your industry or business my recommendation is adding your why or your Mm. point of difference in your career or business because you've just got to think Hannah there are so many people that probably share the same job title as you there's going to be lots of HR consultants out there, lots of project managers out there. So you just need to think, what is what am I doing in my career that is different? How do I show up different? What is the problem I'm helping solve my target audience um, in my career or in my business? So what that does is it just, it makes you stand out amongst everyone else in your industry and as well as um, for searchability. So when people are searching you, it does, it makes you more like, it makes you more findable. So what happens Mm. is the being intentional with the keywords that you're using. So say with, with my headline, like it's make sure personal branding, LinkedIn, content writing, like it's, I'm making sure those keywords that I want to be known for and how people can find me are really clearly written in my about me section. Mm. I mean, in my headline, sorry. In the headline. Ah, so if I want to position myself as a brand marketer, that's what I should be putting in my headline too, in terms of like, you know, brand marketing as a keyword, but then a twist or a little bit of an edge towards what I might be doing differently or how I am different from all the rest. I love that. Um, yeah. And it's it's really important to still have your job title in there, but for if the purpose is, is to kind of stand out in your industry or get a promotion or, you know what I mean, find align your profile and content with your target audience and just be noticeable, then I highly recommend just step, going to that next level and using as many keywords as you can and being really intentional with what those keywords are. Mm-hmm. So if we're thinking about somebody who feels, you know, still slightly cringy on the platform, you already mentioned the 1% each day, almost like building that habit of interacting, of engaging, of small little steps along the way have a compound effect. And you mentioned that LinkedIn is a long-term game. Now, the other thing is the subject line and the title that we got to optimize. What are other things that you would recommend, especially introverts do on the platform in terms of optimizing their profile, in terms of setting themselves up for success? So what I recommend is with, like I, I we kind of were speaking about before, Hannah, is Introverts are really, really enjoy that written communication piece. So with their about me section, I know a lot of people, they cringe at this because they're like, 
do not like talking about myself. It's just like an icebreaker when you're sitting in a group and someone asks you to share a fun fact about yourself. It's it's not the most, people aren't drawn to kind of really speaking about themselves. So my recommendation is, is to, depending if you're a pen to paper person or get your notes um, up out on your phone or your laptop and just start writing out your career story. Hmm. What are the pivotal moments that have happened in your career? So like I kind of mentioned at the start with mine, like the pivotal moments and those conversations that I had and the stepping stones that kind of led me to where I'm meant to be. So that's your career story that is going to connect with your your audience. Um, and then what else you want to do as well is what do you do differently in your your career or your business? What's the problem that you help solve? What is something, yeah, you do that someone else might not do or like what's like your your superpower kind of thing in your career? So sitting down and just going inwards, just thinking, okay, so what are my strengths here? What's my experience? What are the pivotal moments in my career? What is some, and then the credibility piece behind that. So I say if you have changed industries over the years, so you've gone from sales to HR to marketing to, you know what I mean? It's not about telling the story of go, I've done this, 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 and this. It's kind of finding the relatable, transferable skills from your careers. So it's like you, to be in recruitment, that's, that ticks the box of your marketing as well, as well as sales, because you're marketing with your job ads, you're marketing with yourself and you're also, you know what I mean? It has a sales component in there as well. So it's about kind of building that credibility instead of saying I was in marketing for two years, then I was Mm. in this and then I was in that. It's like I've had 10 years experience in customer service sales industry and I've helped this person get from A to B. So when people land on your profile, they go, okay, this person resonates with me and I want to be where they are kind of thing. And and that's how they're going to help me get there. So it's about that balance of the right balance of you and sharing your career story and the value that your audience is going to get out of that. And that's through facts, figures and successes. So what are the pivotal moments in that story, in your story? And yeah, what are those like the data that can back that up? Yeah. So you say facts, figures and successes. So what I really like about that is it gives you almost a bit of a structure in terms of like how you should go about it. And I reckon there's a lot of self-reflection in there too. I mean, you know, it, it's it's not just, you know, something that you just instantly know about yourself, right? What makes you different than the rest? How do you cut through the noise? How do you stand out in a sea of people who quite frankly, and as you say, may have a very similar experience, may have, you know, about the same time and role or the same time of experience in a certain field. So almost like weaving in your personality and weaving in a little bit of spice that takes yes. a lot of effort, doesn't it? Absolutely. And it's about how you show up off like, so say if you're creating content, you've optimized your profile in your about me section and you've written that in a way that is quite transactional and you're just writing that because that's how you think you need to speak on LinkedIn. When you meet people offline or you're chatting to them and you you come across quite differently, that's going to be really ingenuine because, yeah, you're wanting to connect with people online and offline. So if you're kind of showing up on either one differently how you would offline or online, people are just not going to connect with you there. So, yeah, make sure that when you are optimizing your profile, 
don't get caught up in the old way that LinkedIn kind of has the stigma around it where you have to speak like a robot and you have to speak overly formal as if you were kind of writing a uni assessment. Make sure that you are sharing your personality throughout your whole profile because that's what's going to make you stand out. Like like you said, there are a lot of people that do share that same job title as you and might share those same experiences, but no one has your story or your pers- like your personality and yeah, your those yeah, those pivotal those pivotal moments in your career. So yeah, it is a massive self-reflection piece and it does it I highly recommend just grabbing a pen to paper or just writing your notes and just kind of like yeah, just doing a bit of self-discovery and kind of joining the dots. Yeah. It's also such a shortcut when it comes to interview processes because it's always, you know, it's you're a stranger to a potential company, to a potential hiring manager. So almost like giving them a little bit of that saber and giving them a little bit of that personality might even help make faster decisions in terms of, am I going to be inviting that person? Is that is this a person that could fit well with the team, et cetera? So I really like the element of bringing in more personality, of showing up like yourself, natural to who you are. And I believe that is the thing that does make it really interesting for introverts because I feel like in general, we are quite in tune with our, you know, who we are, what we stand or what we, what we stand for, what we want to be known for. Now, one final thing I want to ask you is all about some of the CI around LinkedIn, like the picture, the banners, that often comes to mind when you talk personal branding. And I know it's a lot more about the content and the way you share this and the, the words that you use and, and how you kind of talk about yourself in a genuine way. But what would you recommend in terms of, you know, should you have a professional picture? What are the do's and don'ts around that? Should you, have, should you be having a banner on there? Look, with your, or absolutely, like it's all about um, sharing through like making sure your profile's optimized and, and sharing content and, and engaging with your audience. But your photo and your banner is the first, the first things that kind of catch people's eye when they land on your profile. And obviously that your profile photo follows you around just as your headline does. So my recommendation there is, to make sure that represents, it, it's just complementing your, it's complementing what you've kind of written on your profile. So making sure like say if, for example, with my profile, I have an orange background on my display picture with me laughing with a coffee. And that just kind of shows that bold side of me that I'm kind of showing up a little bit more unconventionally. And that's what aligns to me in my brand. But for example, I have other um other people in my network that are HR leaders and they have a photo that was professionally taken, but it still has that level of personality in it. Um, So you just, it doesn't need to be a professional photo from a professional photographer. Like as long as you have um, an iPhone or a phone that can take a really nice photo and you're you know what I mean? Have that natural lighting. And it's not a photo that you've taken out with friends on the weekend, or it's not your wedding photo, or you know what I mean? <laughs> Making sure it is, it's representing how you want to be perceived online and, and reflecting how you have shown up with your about me section and the rest of your profile. Um, with your banner as well, there are so many different ways that you can optimize your banner. So 
For example, I know a lot of people in the creative field where they have a photo of them at a speaking event and they just have their name and their their business why, so why they, they're out here helping people. Or then I have other people that have that are business owners and they have their two books that they've that they've written and a link like sh- sharing a link to where they can either sign up to their email subscription or you know what I mean more of that kind of like businessy mm. connection salesy piece. Or then you've got people in their careers that honestly you can jump onto Canva. It's all free and you just type in LinkedIn banners. And you can honestly just, there's thousands and thousands of banners there. And especially if you're not like the most creative type, like the banners are there for you. All you need to do is edit them. So there's options there where you can add your name, your job title, what your purpose or what your why is. And as well as, yeah, and add your email address or how people, how you want people to contact you. So there's no right or wrong way to kind of Um, create your banner. It's just what you want people to do when they land on your profile. If you want them to subscribe to something, if you want them to, you know what I mean, contact you, if, you know what I mean, if you just want to show them behind the scenes of like what you have done at a speaking event, like a bit of a vision board, there's there's so many different ways that you can um, be really creative with your banner. But as long as it just aligns with you and it, it makes like it's a call to action for what you want your audience to do. Love it. It also links back to what we initially talked about in terms of thought leadership and that whole sentiment of like, if I'm able to convey what I'm really interested in, what I really love to have conversations about, that almost invites other people in to a conversation with me or to connect rather than, you know, not really being open about it. And then it is really like a bit of an awkward conversation at first. So Yeah, I really like the banner thing. Plus, everybody has access to Canva, so that's easy. (laughs) Absolutely. And, yeah, you don't have to be overly creative or a graphic designer to kind of create this banner. So it's, yeah, it's there's lots of tools out and resources that you can use to, yeah, really leverage your personal brand on LinkedIn. Love it. Now, Abby, for somebody who is intrigued at the thought of leveraging LinkedIn and becoming more present on the platform, potentially building their personal brand, but they really feel they want some help. They want some more support. How do you work with people on their profiles? Like what is the kind of support that you give? What, what do you typically do with the clients you work with? What does that look like? So depending on where you are at in your LinkedIn journey and personal branding journey. So I work with individual clients in three different ways. So If you are just wanting me to give you advice and feedback on your current profile, you kind of optimized it in university 10 years ago or, you know what I mean, it kind of collected a little bit of dust and you're like, okay, the platform's grown since 10 years. I'm not quite sure how to kind of go from here. I provide a LinkedIn audit. So that just is um, a video where I kind of just give people feedback and then they implement that my advice if they see necessary. And the second option is is a strategy session. So say if people come to me and they say, Abby, I really need um, help changing my mindset on LinkedIn, building my confidence, um, optimizing my profile, writing my about me section or building a content and a community management strategy. But they're like, I don't need to invest long term. It's just I need help with these two to three things. 
then I recommend the the strategy session where we have 90 minutes together and we work together um, just to help solve those problems. Um, but if people are really like fresh to LinkedIn and wanting to build their personal brand and want to invest in that longer term coaching program, then I have a three month three month um, coaching program where we meet every fortnight or month and work through anything that they need help with. And as well, they have me in their pocket. They can contact me within those three months. So that's more for people that need that extra support as well. So a few different options for people wherever they are at in their journey as well. I really like that. And I feel like a lot of you know personal branding and showing up on LinkedIn does come back to self-reflection and going really deep and inward. And it can often help to have someone reflect back or just kind of ask the right questions or spare on, you know, what are the things that you should be asking yourself or thinking about? And it's almost like a neutral person that doesn't know you yet. So it feels to me like that's, you know, great resources to have. Now, where can anyone find you and get in touch with you? So you can find me on LinkedIn at Abby Naylor and Bold Mood. On Instagram, I'm underscore Bold Mood. And then on TikTok, I am uh, Bold Mood as well. I am still kind of learning the land on TikTok, but you can predominantly find me and all my LinkedIn tips, tricks, how to work the algorithm and just, yeah, just a bit more about me on predominantly on LinkedIn. Well, Abby, Thank you so much for coming on today. I certainly, I took so many notes. I really needed it. I am this person who still feels a little cringy on LinkedIn and you really got me excited about going on there. First and foremost, curating my feed a little bit more and just kind of making sure that what I'm seeing there is actually reflective of what I want to be seeing and starting to connect some more and build a profile that really lends itself to underlining personal branding and what I want to be known for. And I'm sure my audience feels the same. So thank you so much for coming on. I feel like we got to do a part two. At thank one you so point. much for having me, Hannah. It's been awesome to chat to you. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Awfully Quiet podcast. I am really committed to change the narrative of what it means to be awfully quiet. So if you know someone who would benefit from this episode, please share it with them. New episodes are dropping each Tuesday and I can't wait for you to tune in next time. Oh, and if you want to bring a big smile to my face today, leave a five-star review wherever you listen to this podcast. It means the world to me. See you next time.